Payments Podcast from Bottomline Technologies. Welcome to the Payments Podcast. My name is Leo Gill, VP of Product at Bottomline, and I'll be your guest host for this episode that explores a new mindset for enterprise liquidity management. More specifically, we're going to unpack how today's changing environment is challenging treasurers to play a more strategic role in their organizations, resulting in an evolution of what typically meant to manage liquidity from managed current and intraday cash positions to managing the entire cash lifecycle, including issues as cash forecasting and working capital optimization, to ultimately help their companies make better data-driven decisions and thrive in today's environment. Joining us today is a seasoned finance professional with extensive experience as a treasury practitioner and consultant and founder of Strategic Treasurer, Craig Jeffrey. Welcome, Craig. Well, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Great. Um, so, Craig, from a treasurer's perspective, how should we think of what enterprise liquidity management means today? You know, the, uh, the term ERP has been around for quite some time. We think about enterprise resource planning, and this is oftentimes uh, viewed as an accounting system to track and see where the resources are. And oftentimes it includes things like accounts payable, receivable, and some of the financial statement reporting. Uh, enterprise liquidity management is the same type of category that includes uh, the management of liquidity throughout an organization. So when you get down to its, its core, the, the core elements are things like managing your, your cash and different accounts, uh, investments, uh, credit. Uh, then it is, as it continues to extend, you'd say, well, intercompany lending, investment custody accounts are part of that. But as we continue to expand, it includes payments in and out. So the cash conversion cycle, or as we think of working capital, collection activity, disbursement activity also flows into that how an organization manages their liquidity. And so, you know, as that extends into all types of payments, it can include, you know, third party financing, access to the, the capital markets, debt market intelligence. It's how does an organization manage their enterprise liquidity? not just from a, a snapshot from today's cash position, but extending it outward. So it's, it's really a more mature view. And then there's obviously system implications for this, just like on the ERP side, it's more of an accounting and a resource planning. This is a uh, liquidity uh, and, and liquidity planning tool. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. You know, it's, uh, it's, it goes beyond right the short-term um, view, which which we see most treasurers looking at it immediately, and goes to a much longer-term um, view of uh, of the entire liquidity of the company, right? Like as you said, is looking at the cash conversion cycle, or you know the entire cash life cycle of an organization, which can be quite challenging. You think about today's um, today's uh, environment with rate changes. You know, as uh, I think about how many treasurers potentially struggled a little bit this past year on um, forecasting things like uh, interest expense, right? Even though we've all knew that the Fed was going to hike rates, uh, depending on the industry you were in, if you were a net borrower, it was probably quite challenging to knowing rates were going to go up, uh, how to estimate and forecast the impact um, to their organizations. Um, so what other challenges do you think um, you know, are uh, present today for treasurers to uh, roll out uh, a, this broad um, 
enterprise liquidity management process in their organizations? Yeah, well, I, I think there's a number of challenges for rolling these things out. And I, you know, and as a predecessor to challenges for rolling it out is challenges for gaining, you know, company-wide acceptance of this. You know, if we think about an accounting system, um, the, the view is that we have to have financial reporting. Um, it's historical. What is our statement of cash flows look like historically? What uh, does our balance sheet look like at different points of time? And how did we perform? Uh, what was our turnover or income on a gross and net basis? And from an accounting perspective, most of that is historically, you know, is historical. It's looking backwards. What has occurred? It's not into the future. Um, what's into the future in the ERP is what are what is our demand for products or services or supplies or inventory to meet the needs as they're coming forward from an order perspective. And so there's uh, other areas of organization that are looking for the supply chain drivers and meeting those, and that's part of an ERP. On the liquidity side, it's, it's this mindset of we need to have liquidity that, that we can uh, solve our you know, I'll, I'll call our financial uh, issues and challenges in the short term, the immediate term, you know, going out a month or two, uh, all the way out to a year. That tends to be the the cash forecast level. But beyond that, planning for um, what does the balance sheet need to look like? But across all those, it's involving more areas of the business as opposed to just what occurs in treasury as a, as a unit, as an area. It's receivables, payables, different admin uh, processes or other acquisitions, capital planning, uh, capital expenditures, all those flow into it. And, you know, as you mentioned, the challenges are, you know, rates have moved a lot. Um, so inflation has moved, rates have moved up dramatically, changing this us from this free or almost free money environment to one where things cost a lot. And it's moved extremely rapidly while we're looking to make sure we're not in banks that are under threat, um, as we've had some uh, you know, some significant bank failures with uh, certainly more to come there. And so that's the environment. Uh, it's harder to get capital. Uh, it's more expensive. And this has all shifted very, very dramatically. And so this is a, a crucial element to that. So to, I think, the core of your question, it's, it's a challenge and it's one that is vital to the organization's um, success, you know, accessing liquidity over time uh, as as it's needed. Mm -hmm. No, no, that's great. Um, you know, it's it's definitely a. Uh, I think that you know, the part of the challenge. I think there's the organizational. Um, are organizations ready to really solve these challenges? Right, as you're saying, you know, one thing that came to mind immediately was you know, organizations have multiple systems which are you know, for the most part, not well integrated, right? So it's very difficult to have a single view of the liquidity across an organization, especially if you're larger with multi-subsidiaries. And as you know, companies are today using internal systems and Excel is a really big uh, tool prevalent um, across, you know, multiple companies, which can be quite challenging, right, to solve for uh, problems in a in a um, in a fast manner, right? Which is how treasurers are getting more and more uh, more and more challenge challenge to do. Um, and you know, as you started talking about ERP, um, you know, it comes to mind. Of course, 
there are multiple tools that companies use, multiple internal tools, but in some ways, like what's the right tool for the job? Right? I think that's that's the the biggest challenge I also feel with some treasurers is just not knowing where to start because they may have you know a TMS in their in their organization or not have a TMS. Um, you know, they may have an ERP or not, and just knowing how do we solve for an impressive liquidity um, and, and what is the what is the actual tool to use? So do you have any, um, from your experience, how do you see companies solving um, these problems today um, from an IT and technology perspective? Yeah, when we, when we start to think about the, the tech side of things, um, you know, what, what has historically been the case is people buy, um, you know, individual solutions that are specialized that meet needs, and then they try to connect them together, either gracefully or ungracefully. Um, but this idea of um, the more I look comprehensively at something like liquidity, the more areas of an organization it touches. There's not one unified system for everything in the world. Um, you know, ac across the board, there's this idea of I have to get at data data feeds and fuels enterprise liquidity management. It's not just I, I move money, but I have to access things that influence money, you know, our, my investment activity, my ability to borrow and tap the different lines of credit, but but things like the cash conversion cycle. And there's, there's also a difference between I can see what's going on and I can use levers to help change that. And the, the more accurately you can see and the farther into the future you can see, the more time you have to make those adjustments. And same thing with the more you have tools, I have, if I have more credit facilities I can use, I've got additional flexibility there. If I have uh, the ability to use dynamic discounting or supply chain financing, I've got additional level, levers there that can help my partners or myself. But on the, on the tech side to the core of your question is, um, companies, companies want to use systems that are very effective and they don't want hundreds of systems. Now, the idea that there's a single system is not necessarily, um, you know, a key driver. It's like we know that there's going to be multiple systems. There's going to be spreadsheets. But how do we get this bigger view? And so, when I think of what's traditionally a treasury management system, you know, I can, you know, see what's in my accounts. I can move funds. I can do my cash position. Maybe I can even create accounting. That's kind of core treasury activity. When we think about ELM, it's extending on that. It's certainly those types of things, but it allows us to look to the, the full cash conversion cycle, not just the financing piece. Um, it lets me make those, uh, those adjustments across the board. So from a technology perspective, it needs to include things, you know, not just the term payments, but it has to include payments that are beyond treasury payments, moving money to pay for uh, debt or investments, moving, um, uh, you know, moving funds to uh, cover uh, payroll or, or concentrating uh, funds that exist. I need to be able to manage payments. Why do I need to do that? Uh, our view is that uh, the treasurer is the superintendent of payments. That doesn't mean they control all the payment processes. Um, it just means that they have the, um, they're responsible for payment security, uh, understand the relationships that exist, and they may or may not have direct oversight of some of the systems. There could be payroll systems they have, don't have oversight over. They may not have AP reporting to them and so forth, but they're responsible for 
you know, superintending payments because that has a, a factor into liquidity, has a key factor in feedback loop into bank relationship management, and they're in a particular position, a particularly qualified position to help manage that. But it's the superintendent doesn't do everything. They have to work with security. They have to work with AP. They have to work with these other areas. So the technology standpoint is uh, how do I have a comprehensive view and the ability to use levers? I don't, I don't just want to see. I want to have the levers. And that's how I can manage liquidity. It's not just enterprise liquidity view. It's enterprise liquidity management. And so it touches on those different areas. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's that makes a lot of sense. You know, what we what we also see a lot, um, you know, as a technology provider, is you're absolutely right. Um, companies have multiple systems, and they're typically not looking for one tool um, that will do everything in their treasury team. But you know, what at bottom line we like to talk about is the connected finance, right? Is the ability to have your processes connected end to end that can provide treasurers and, and cash managers with that entire view of the cash life cycle. And, you know, we, we see quite a lot of, um, you know, integrations um, that are done across these multiple systems. And of course, not forgetting about the banks, right? Which can sometimes be the, the biggest challenge um, are also internal, but external to their company. And as companies are starting to even diversify even more, their banking relationships, are their banks, um, you know, how can they retrieve that data and information across their multiple banking portals? Um, you know, how are they connecting that data together? Um, you know, do their banks have APIs? What kind of support do they have from their banks when it comes to both cash visibility and payments? Um, it's also quite an interesting challenge where we see technology playing a really um, key role there to help organizations um, solve for um, solve for these problems, you know. Which ultimately, as as we talked about, is you know it gets down to you start with visibility. You need to see your data, but act on it, right? So be able to accurately forecast um, and properly make uh, working capital optimization decisions uh, with that data. Um, so connectivity um, connectivity is. Uh, is definitely key. Um, you know, as, as you're saying, it reminds me of, uh, of one, uh, one case of a uh, customer that we've worked with where, um, you know, the treasurers, uh, we could take a, a very interesting strategic role in their company. So this is a, um, this is a company that's in the hospitality business. So they own multiple properties um, in the United States. And part of the treasurer's role is to understand where to make investments. You know, where are people going on vacation, right? Where should they uh, renovate more properties? Where should they uh, divest from properties where the market is not as attractive anymore? Uh, which properties should they buy and where should they buy? Or if there is a potential, um, you know, natural event like a hurricane, right? Are they uh, properly allocating cash to where they need to in order to um, answer those um, those you know challenges that they're being faced um, you know as a as a company. So I don't see a way to do that if you don't have your systems integrated, or it can be quite challenging, right, to do all of this if there if your systems are not um, are not fully integrated. I think that's a really, really good point, Leo. You know, if they're not integrated, 
you're integrating the data somehow. It's either being done manually, really slowly, or it's being done, you know, on a more automated basis, far more gracefully. And just like if, um, I don't know if you get any physical paper delivered or digital paper delivered, but if it's, if you get a paper four days late, it's good for laying down for the cat. It's not very useful because the information's late. And so too, that's the speed and efficiency of that matters. You know, and the other, the other side too, on this, this element of speed that you brought up, or maybe you didn't bring up speed, but you're talking about the integration, that time domain matters because things move quickly. Um, you know, the, the failure of banks, uh, you know, we, we've, we've heard the term run on banks and those go back to the great depression from, I don't know, 80 years ago or, or, or 90 years ago. And you have all these pictures of people lined up around the block withdrawing $500 at a time. And over a period of weeks, the bank runs out of liquidity. And what we saw with Silicon Valley bank is 42 billion moved out instantly. So we, you know, that's a, that's a, a sprint or, you know, an instantaneous run on a bank in terms of how much occurred and our expectations of how we can see what goes on and how we can act are, have increased, not just from a run on the bank perspective, but from a, everything is faster. We need to be able to see what goes on more readily, maybe not instantaneously, but far more quickly. And if we don't have these things integrated, the handoffs are slow. And just, just one other point to that, Leo, is not only is that the expectation you know, from management that you'll be able to do it more rapidly, it's hard to get staff now, uh, you know, the Zoomers. They won't do it. They won't key stuff in. They say it's, it's dumb, it's stupid, and they'll go across the street or they'll go down the road and work at another organization where they don't have to do it and get paid as much and save themselves an hour or two hours of typing and keying stuff. And we can say that they're, maybe they're not, they don't work as hard as they should, but they're certainly not willing to do work that can be done in an automated manner. And that's also pushing things in a very good way. So that is a, that's a, a shout out to the Zoomers um, that they're helping to push this, this more automated view that you're talking about, Leo. Yeah, no, that's great. You know, um, I was just thinking back and, and looking at my notes of our conversation I've had with the, with the treasurer um, a couple of weeks ago and looking at the amount of time that they spend on a daily basis, you know, or, you know, over, over, of course, uh, you know, a somewhat of a larger uh, treasury team. So aggregating bank statements, two hours a day, uh, aggregating the bank statements, again, intraday, another two hours a day, Gener generating cash positions, one hour a day, generating cash forecasting, two hours a day. So of course there's more and more, right? There's still reconciliation, journal entries on ERP, uh, reporting, um, you know, flat, uh, uh, review of fraud and compliance, just all of these processes being manually, they do add up quite a bit. And um, it can be challenging for them to um, to uh, really solve for these problems, as you said, with the, in a, you know, in a fast way. So using speed in order to help their companies. Now with all of this and budgets really being tight, um, how do you see them being able to make a case Treasurers being able to make a case in their organizations for additional investment in this area. Yeah, this is uh, this is essential for for Treasury to do that, and you know, crises help make the case because everyone's 
alerted to the situation about how important it is to manage liquidity in times where there's a lot of a lot of shift and a lot of turmoil. And so it's important that you, you know, you make the case strategically and why it fits into the organization's overall activities um, and not just a return on investment, but this is, you know, our organization needs to be able to respond, uh, ensure that we have liquidity, run different models for different environments, different risky events or different scenarios, but also bring to light, here are things that have happened over time, including things that have happened recently. So that people say, well, why do we have to pay to get full liquidity? This is a this is a standard of good corporate conduct. This is commercially reasonable. It's not reasonable not to have that. And it's this is this is a standard of uh, a minimum standard that we have. And the reason why we need to extend it to enterprise liquidity management is to address our overall objectives. These are the overall objectives. And how that's done and making the case for you know individual you know, purchases or licensing of different software has to flow from that. But I think tying to the strategic and keeping people mindful of the dramatic situations that we faced over time and recently is is one of the best ways to do it. But continually bringing it back to uh, that the you know strategy is uh, you know is the winning the winning play and. And, and that's because you're competing against other areas for resources. Management has a lot of activity, so does IT. And so bringing it back to those areas matter. And to the extent that you can have vendors uh, support the work as opposed to massive amounts of internal staff, uh, the better it is. Yeah, no, that's that makes a lot of sense. You know, in uh, in 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 light of just automating the processes and making better decisions, as you said, you know, there there are some additional um, benefits as well. You think about you know being able to close your financial periods faster. You know, imagine how many companies are when they get to the end of a quarter or end of a month. There's that typical uh, rush to combine information from multiple places to actually close their books and you know what we what we see uh, quite a lot is uh, you know not having the integration automation not having a centralized view of their cash positions and managing that way uh, it makes you know really really challenging and those are tangible results right it's you know for certain companies it means you know how you post your results at a particular quarter and you potentially could have had a much better outcome that you're not um, being able to recognize because you couldn't really, um, you know, get your financial systems in place um, to do that. Um, so, um, you know, also like another interesting point um, that I've, uh, we've seen quite a bit is we started talking, we started talking about this more strategic uh, role of uh, treasurers where treasurers are being challenged to look beyond just cash, right, and potential financial instruments, but looking at a more um, PNL view of of their organizations, um, you know, how do you um, how do you see that evolution of Treasury uh, along the years, where it has been transitioning from this operational function into a much broader strategic role? Yeah, and, and you know, sometimes we describe that as. Um... Treasury as a partner, not a vendor. You know, a vendor's like, uh, okay, I need some bank services. Like, go out and get bank services for 
the line of business and I just I just meet the needs as they come up versus I'm a partner I'm looking forward I look forward to what the organization needs from a finance perspective which has always been the core but I'm also looking to see how I can help the organization so so this strategic versus operational role this partner versus um, vendor role uh, has continued to grow uh, financial risk management uh, always gets a boost during times of um, you know trauma, uh, financial trauma, and you know the, the other thing too comes from if I can see something, I know more. I can make better decisions. If I can see something and I have the levers to move them, like for the cash conversion cycle for for AP for AR, um, then I then I'm far more capable. It's like okay, we're going to run out of money on such and such a date. Okay, that's that's helpful. So I, I know I need to do some things, but if we're going to run out of money here, but if I move these levers, we're not going to run out of money. We're going to have excess. Okay. Um, now I have levers to move as opposed to just, um, you know, like driving in a vehicle. If your dashboard, you've got the, you've got the information there. It's like, okay, I have this much, you know, this, this many, uh, this much distance before I run out of uh, fuel or energy. Uh, having the ability to adapt and change what that is, 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 is far more valuable, far more strategic versus just reporting a number. Um, so I, th I think those are a couple of the items. It's, it's only continued to be more strategic. And that is, that is also fostered by external pressure put on Treasury, but also the development of technology provides more information, more insight, far more information. And as organizations analyze that and deploy levers to use that, it makes Treasury that much more useful to an organization. So um, I, I think your point's spot on about that, how that's uh, how that's changing and, and is only moving in that direction of more strategic. Yeah, I no, completely agree. You know, uh, as, as you can think of treasurers today, having to understand more about their customers in their organizations, right? And be able to help their teams make decisions or recommendations into things like, you know, we should potentially offer early pay discounts to particular clients so we can accelerate collections. You know, those are not typical things that you would think treasurers would be looking at it today, uh, but the role has been evolving quite rapidly um, and really with the, without the proper tools and with the, without the proper visibility and forecasting, it's quite challenging. So, uh, Craig, um, you know, thank you very much. Uh, this has been a pleasure. Um, and, um, you know, for um, all listeners, uh, this is it for our episode on enterprise liquidity management. Uh, so the payments podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple, and SoundCloud. So thank you. See you next time. from Bottom Line Technologies.